Good morning, and welcome to Upward Vision. We're glad you've chosen to join us this morning. Upward Vision is a ministry of Sherwood Oaks Christian Church with locations in Bloomington and Bedford, Indiana. Now for today's message. Good morning, 11 o'clock service. It is good to be back with you all here this morning. Uh, got to take a little bit of time away last week. I really appreciate Gary Johnson coming down to uh, share just a powerful message uh, about the, the leadership and the servant structure that we see in Acts chapter 6 and how as a church we're striving to continue to live that out still today. He did a fantastic job and I hope to have him down here again sometime in, in the future. Uh, now part of the reason why I was away, uh, we, we got to do a little bit of a family vacation. We had not actually gone away, just the four of us, uh, in over two years and so it was nice just to be able to take some time as a family uh, to, to retreat and to go up into the smoke. Mountains and do some hikes and enjoy just the beautiful weather down down in that area. Uh, but the the other purpose of our trip uh, was so that I could participate in the graduation uh, ceremony for the master's program that I completed last week or last spring. And well, thank you very much. Appreciate that very much. Uh, it was fun to be able to share that with my with my wife and and girls uh, down there. Now. It has been um, almost 20 years since uh, the last time I participated in a graduation ceremony for my undergrad degree. And during the rehearsal um, last Saturday morning, I noticed a few things. Number one, um, I noticed that there were some quality men and women that I was graduating with. Uh, it made me just very optimistic for the hope of the leadership in the church. Uh, many of them going to serve even in nonprofits, going to serve in the business world, taking a Christian worldview, strong biblical education, and serving wherever it was. And it just made me really excited about um, the, what is to come in the life of the church as these young men and women uh, embrace their role as leaders. I was also looking around at those that I graduated with, and I came to the realization um, that I was probably the oldest person graduating that day, uh, which that was fun. Uh, so, but once I got over that, I noticed something even more important and something that pertains to what we're talking about today. As I looked at the graduating class and watched them walk across the stage to receive their diplomas, I was struck by how many of them were young women entering in to ministry. I was struck by the number of young women educated and empowered to lead and serve in the church. In fact, I did the math, which, um, you know, is hard work when you're a preacher, but I did the math and I found out, realized there were 62% of the people that I graduated with last Saturday morning were women. Graduated from Johnson University with a degree, double major, most of them in Bible, and then whatever their focus was, going out to lead and serve in the church. And you know, we shouldn't be surprised by this. Shouldn't be surprised by this. And I'll tell you why. Because women have always played an important role in the development and growth of the church and the advancement of God's kingdom. This is so important to what we're going to be talking about today. Women have always played an important part in the development and growth of the church and the advancement of of God's kingdom. And we see it all through the book of Acts, the, the 28 chapters in the book that we've been studying this fall and kind of taking a deep dive into. Every, they're, they're just infused with accounts of women that are real and diverse and essential to the growth and the development of the church, to the growth and development of these first followers of Jesus. And, and if the book of Acts 
is just kind of the, the account of how these first followers of Jesus just started living out what they saw in Jesus, what they heard in Jesus, then it would make sense that they would begin to empower women into this role of ministry in ways that the culture had never seen before because that's exactly what they saw Jesus do. Jesus lifted women up, gave them value and dignity in a culture where they would not necessarily have found that. Jesus acknowledged their worth, their value, and their dignity. And we see the early church doing the exact same thing. In a culture that wouldn't even hold a woman's testimony up to that of a man, the gospel writers lifted women up as witnesses to the resurrection even identifying a woman as the first person to proclaim the good news of Jesus' resurrection. Now, don't miss that. God thought so highly of women that a woman was the first person to proclaim the gospel of Jesus' resurrection. That's a big deal. And in the book of Acts, we find a continuation of the important role that, that women played in the development and growth of the early church. Through this series, we have been opening up our, our, our text, you know, doing a deep dive into a specific section, kind of just taking it a little bit at a time. But today, we're going to pull out, we're going to do this like 30,000 foot view, scanning through the book of Acts to see all of the different roles and parts that women played in the development and the advancement of the church. And we're going to have the scripture references up on the screen in case you want to go back and read through those accounts later. In Acts chapter 1, 12 through 26, we see that the women who had followed and supported Jesus in his ministry were present in the upper room with the 11 and with the roughly 120 disciples, the larger group. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was specifically identified as one of those women leading and, and, and engaging people in prayer with the rest of the church as together they chose the successor for Judas. In Acts chapter 9, 36 through 43, we're introduced to Tabitha, a woman known for her acts of kindness in the community. And when, when Tabitha passed away, uh, the widows and the women that she had served came out to show Peter um, all of the different ways that she had ministered to them, all of the things that she had made for them and given them in their time of need. And, and Peter was moved by compassion at Tabitha's ministry. And so he went and he did something that he had seen Jesus do. He laid his hands on her and prayed for her life to come back in. And through the power of God, Tabitha was resurrected from the grave. In Acts chapter 12, 6 through 19, we're introduced to two women in the early church. The first is Mary, the mother of John Mark. And when the church had no place to gather, Mary opened up her home as a meeting place for these early believers. When Peter is in prison for proclaiming Christ, people gathered in Mary's home to pray for him. It was kind of a tense scene, a very tense moment. Uh, James, the brother of John, one of the, the guys who had followed Jesus throughout his ministry, he had just been martyred for his faith. He had just been put to death for preaching and proclaiming Jesus. And now that same person who ordered that for, Pete, for, for James had done this for Peter. And Peter was sitting there in jail. And so the believers gathered up together in Mary's home to pray for him. And after he was miraculously freed from prison by an angel, Peter goes straight to Mary's house and knocks on the door. 
And when he does, a servant in Mary's home, uh, kind of like a, a maid or maybe a housekeeper named Rhoda, she went to answer the door. And, and I love the scene that unfolds. She's just so overjoyed at the sight of Peter. She goes there, she opens the door, she shuts it, she runs back in and she tells everybody, Peter's here, Peter's here, he's been freed, he's been released. And they're looking at her going, no, Peter's not here. And then she realizes, oh, I forgot to let him in. And so she runs back to the door, opens it up and Peter comes walking in and there's a lot of rejoicing. And I think that this is just a charming scene that stands in contrast to this strict patriarchal caricature of the church that so many people imagine today. In Acts 16, 11 through 40, we find Lydia who is one of my personal heroes of the faith. Lydia was a prominent, wealthy businesswoman and by all accounts, the first Christian convert in what is now Europe, meaning that for most of us, we can trace our faith roots back to Lydia. Lydia ran her business in Philippi amongst retired politicians and military leaders. Philippi was kind of like the Florida of our day. It's where people went when they, when they retired. And, and she used her influence and her resources to advance the ministry of Paul and his team as their mission went into Greece and then further on still into the rest of Europe. In fact, the first church in modern day Europe was started in Lydia's living room. In Acts 17, 16 through 34, we are briefly introduced to Damaris, an intellectual who heard Paul speak to the Areopagus in Athens. And she was so moved by his presentation and his defense of the gospel of, of Jesus that she left everything and she started to follow him. And I imagine the lofty circles of commerce that Lydia ran in the Greek academia world that, that Damaris ran in opened up doors of opportunity for Paul to speak about Jesus in the Greco-Roman world, opportunities that he may not have had without these women providing them for him. And finally, in Acts 18, 1 through 28, we are introduced to uh, one of the most influential women in the New Testament. Priscilla and her husband Aquila ran a small tent-making business together. Paul partnered with them during his time in Corinth. And, and it was a bit unusual at the time, but every time that we read about Priscilla and Aquila, we find that they are mentioned together. They're never mentioned separately. They're always mentioned together. It's, it's, it's as if the church and the writers of Scripture viewed them to be equals in life and in business and in ministry. And even more unusual for the time is that most of the times when they are referenced, Priscilla is referenced before her husband, Aquila, which gives kind of light to the fact that, uh, that Priscilla was probably more influential in the church than even what her husband was. And what I'm saying here, as we scan through the book of Acts, is that women have always played an important part in the development and the growth of the church and the advancement of God's kingdom. Like you cannot go through the book of Acts and come away with anything different. And what I'm not saying is that the gospel flattens humanity into this raceless, genderless mass where we lose our uniqueness 
and our beauty. In fact, we believe that the gospel affirms the various God-ordained roles that men and women play within life and within the church. But it's important that we realize that when scripture affirms these things, it affirms them equally. In his gospel and in the book of Acts, Luke takes special concern to portray women in all of their diversity, from maids who answered the door to cultural and intellectual leaders. These were real, radical women of faith, of warmth, of wit, and intellect. And they played an essential part in the spread of the gospel that absolutely turned the world upside down. And instead of writing nasty letters to the women who led and served in the church, Luke wrote them into his letters and he celebrated their contributions. And in doing so, he left us with some absolutely incredible examples to follow, whether you are a man or a woman, of what it means to lead and serve the Lord. And it's examples that we still get to see today in the life of our own church. And to tell us more, I'd like to invite Maggie Mobley up to the stage. Can you help me welcome Maggie? Thank you so much for allowing me to share a bit today. You know, as Sean spoke of these women that had such a significant impact in the development of the early church, it's hard not to feel proud of these women. We know that during this time in history, women were not valued in the culture. However, women were, are, and always will be valued by God. The women in the book of Acts set such an example for the women in our church today. And even though many of us don't even know it, we are following in the footsteps of the paths that they began to clear for us thousands of years ago. It's hard to narrow down the impact of women currently in our church that happens right here in Sherwood Oaks. Women make up over half of our church congregation, and not only do they serve, but they serve willingly and often, and they are such a vital part of our congregation and God's work. As we take a few minutes to share the impact of the women in our church, I would encourage you to take note. Take note to pray for these women a prayer of thanks, but also a prayer of protection. And take note to see where you may fit into this. If you are a woman, you could ask, how could these women impact your desire to serve in God's kingdom? Or as someone who loves a woman, your wife, your daughter, your friend, your mom, how could you encourage her to be part of the service of the kingdom of God? You know, in Acts chapter one, we read about women and prayer Verse 14 says, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Women constantly in prayer. There are several groups of women within our church that come to mind when I think of prayer. We have a group of women that meet on Tuesdays, and they pray for each other. They pray for our church and our leaders, our country. But we have another group of women and they're the women I think of when there's an emergency or something big going on and you text them, I promise that no matter what they are doing, they will go to their knees in prayer immediately. For these women, prayer is a gift. They have a spiritual connection with God through prayer that many of us don't have. And when I think of constant prayer, I think of these women. 
We also have a Yarns of Prayer group and they make prayer shawls for women that are sick or hurting. And the shawls are sweet and they're beautiful and they're a nice gesture and gift, but it's the prayer that goes into the making of these shawls that is truly so powerful. You know, if you think about these verses in Acts chapter one, immediately after Jesus was taken up into heaven, the disciples returned to Jerusalem and they prayed. Their first step was prayer. And our first step should always be prayer. We have so many women in our church that follow the example of the disciples and Mary through prayer. You know, we have a group of women, they're called, they call themselves the peacemakers. They meet monthly out in um, a building by the garage out here and they sew, they quilt, they craft. They, they're very creative and talented women. But it's not just about their skill, which is a gift that they like to share, but it's about what they do with that skill. They make underarm pillows um, that can be used for women that are undergoing treatment for breast cancer. They make hats for babies in the NICU. They make lap blankets to donate to those that are in wheelchairs. And they've worked with our missions partners to provide items for women across the, across the world in various ways. You name it, and they've probably made it. But more importantly, if you go to them and say, we have a need, can you make it? They make it happen, and they do so with a joyous heart. These women, the peacemakers, they remind me of Tabitha. In Acts uh, chapter nine, verse 39, it says, all the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing, other clothing that Tabitha had made. There are people all over our community and even in other parts of the world that could show the robes, blankets, or clothing that women here in our church have made. You know, Sean also spoke of Rhoda, and I love her story. I think it's just so sweet, and it's, it's cute. Um, and we read about her by name in Acts chapter 12. You know, she was a servant girl, probably a simple woman, easily excited, as we see in the story. Um, you know, what I think of Rhoda and the example she sets for us, I think of her joy and excitement when she was doing a simple task. She was answering the door. I'm sure it was on her, on her job list, you know? It doesn't seem like a, a heavy task or anything, but she did so, a simple task, and she was overjoyed. Now, I know that in this case, it was because Peter was standing on the other side of the door, but I think that the word joy likely reflects her personality in doing simple, everyday tasks. We have women that serve every week in our church. Some of them have been doing, so, doing that for years, some of them for decades. Women work in our nursery. They serve in Sherwood Kids. They serve communion. They prepare funeral meals. They help count offering. The list goes on and on. But the important part of the service, the service of these women like Rhoda is that they are overjoyed to be serving God and their church Rhoda set an example for us, but the women here in our church, they set example for our younger women for years to come. There are several examples in the book of Acts of women having an influence on others around them, and Lydia is one of those examples. She's very bold when you read her about her in Acts. She's a bold woman. She was a businesswoman, and I can infer from the text that she's someone that others looked up to. People valued what she said and what she did for God's kingdom. We have many women like Lydia in our congregation, but there's a sweet group of women that come to mind. We have a ministry called Mom to Mom, which is a, a place that we encourage young women or young moms to come and gather. They encourage each other, they connect. It's a wonderful group. And if you're a young mom, I recommend that you would check it out. But 
part of that is what we call our mentor moms. These mentor moms are truly that. They're mentors for these young moms. The young men or the young women can look up to these moms and they look to them for prayer and for encouragement. When you walk around and you hear the conversations, you can often hear the mentor moms saying, I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you what not to do. You know, they've learned from experience and they are sharing that with those younger moms. We all need a mentor in our life, someone that's a bit ahead of us in things, whether that be spiritually or in motherhood or in the case of mom to mom, it's both. Just this past week, our mentor moms were part of a panel for our mom to mom group and the title of the panel was Dear Younger Me. They shared so many bits of wisdom about what they wish they knew when they were younger. And I imagine that's what Lydia did. In her position of prominence and power, she would have other, she would have other people looking up to her. And I feel like she would have shared with other women how she was pursuing God and she would have mentored them in their new faith. I can tell you from experience that having a mentor is amazing. But I can also tell you from experience that being a mentor is amazing. When I walk alongside young women, I think I get more out of it than they do. I challenge not just every woman here, but every person here to seek out a mentor or to become a mentor. It's not hard. It's just walking together in life as we seek to have God open our heart the way that Lydia did. You know, as we go on in the book of Acts in chapter 12, verse 12, it says, when this had dawned on him, speaking of Peter, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. I love that picture. Mary had opened her home to others so that they could have a safe place to be together, to worship and to pray. We are seeing women all over our congregation follow in the footsteps of Mary. You know, due to the pandemic, we have not been able to have our normal large gatherings for our women's studies. So instead, many women have opened up their home or their back porch to give others a place to gather, worship, and pray, just like Mary did. You know, this example set by Mary, it's been on my heart so much over the last few months as I've seen women practice this example. And it's also how we're going to approach the ladies' Christmas breakfast this year. It's all about hospitality. And Mary set the example for us in the early church. The notion of hospitality comes from the word hospital. And we practice hospitality when we generously open the doors of our homes to care for others. And when we show hospitality, we allow others to feel at home in our presence. We nurture, strengthen, and serve them with hospitality. It's not about how fancy our home is or the physical space that we provide. The result of hospitality is spiritual, emotional, or even physical renewal. When others leave us, they are healthier and more whole than when they came. And I'm sure that when people gathered in Mary's home, they left feeling whole and resting in the sense of spiritual renewal from her sweet hospitality. Now, toward the end of Luke's writing in Acts, we meet Priscilla. I imagine her as a powerhouse. You know, one of those people you just like wanna rub shoulders with and get some of their faith because she just had such an example of faith. You know, she was a teacher and a leader. She didn't sit behind the scenes or quietly in the background. She was in the middle of the teaching with the men and she had important things to say. We have many women like Priscilla in our church. Pre-COVID, 
before everything changed, and I think we're gonna have pre-COVID and post-COVID for a while now, but pre-COVID, we had more than 10 women's groups meeting in our church weekly outside of Sunday mornings. And some of those groups are large. So we were bringing about 300 women into the church every single week outside of Sunday mornings. But each of these groups had a leader, leaders that are extremely knowledgeable in the Bible. We even have women that write their own curriculum to teach. There are not many people in this room, men or women, that can do that. And we have multiple women that do that in our church. For women like these, I, I say that we really just need to get out of their way and listen. They have amazing words to share, just like Priscilla did in the book of Acts. And these women that teach and lead are following that example of Priscilla. They don't just talk the talk, but they walk the walk. And they do it boldly and bravely, knowing that God has called them to this. You know, as I think about the women in Acts and all of the women that we're talking about this morning in our own congregation, two things come to mind. The first is that each of these women are using their gifts. Not everyone is a prayer warrior, and not everyone likes to be up in front of people and lead. But each of us has a gift given to us by God specifically for a purpose. The women in the Bible have set that example for the women in our church. Mary, the mother of Jesus, prayed. Tabitha used her gift of creativity to care for others. Rhoda was joyful, kind, and worked hard while giving all the glory to God. Lydia was a mentor, using her prominence and power for good. And Priscilla was a leader, a teacher, using her gifts to share the gospel of Jesus. And our women here in our congregation, they are living a biblical life when they use each of their individual gifts that God has given them to serve. So the question to this point is, what is your gift? And if you're not serving in God's kingdom, how can you begin? We've seen this morning that there are several opportunities within our church to get connected. So you need to figure out what it is you want to be a part of, and you need to get to work using your gift following the example of these women. The second thing that comes to mind when I think of these women in Acts is that these women, they were brave. It's not easy to spend life not being an equal, to be overlooked or to be quieted. And in, these, in the culture when these women lived, they were not seen as equal. But these women were brave and they knew that they did not need the approval of, the approval of others around them to do God's work. They knew that they are made in the image of God and they knew the importance of sharing the good news of Jesus. But the urgency and importance of sharing the gospel can do that. It can make people brave. So I encourage you all to follow the example of the radical women of Acts and to be brave. Maggie, thank you for sharing with us and for the example that you're setting and the way that you are doing that here in our church. I'm so grateful for you and for your ministry. Very grateful. So what can we do in response um, to today's message? First, would you just join me in praying for the women who lead and serve here at Sherwood Oaks? Pray for their emotional and spiritual protection. Pray for their influence uh, to be multiplied throughout our church and into our community. Uh, pray for them to feel valued uh, for their kingdom contribution as they lead and as they serve. Second, would you be an encouragement for the ministry that you see women doing here in our local body. Tell them how much you appreciate what they do and the difference 
that they are making. Write them letters that affirm their ministry and their impact in the kingdom. And then finally, get involved or encourage women in your life to get involved in the ministry of Sherwood Oaks. Just like the early church, we need their gifts to be utilized so that we can be the fullness of the body of Christ that God is forming here. We need radical women still today who are leading and serving just as we saw in the book of Acts. And I believe that as we do this and we will begin to just live out even more what we saw in the life of Jesus in, in the early church. A friend of mine sent this to me last week and it's, uh, it's just too good not to share and I thought we'll just close with this. Points to the example of Jesus and says, Jesus protected women, empowered women, honored women publicly. Jesus released the voice of women confided in women, was funded by women, celebrated women by name. Jesus learned from women, respected women, and spoke of women as examples for all of us to follow. And now, church, now it is our turn to follow the example of Jesus in the early church and continue to empower women to lead and serve. And as they do, to celebrate their meaningful contribution to the church and to the kingdom of God. Let's pray. This has been Upward Vision, a ministry of Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. With locations on the east and west sides of Bloomington and in Bedford, Sherwood Oaks has a worship service to meet your needs. To receive a free copy of today's message or for more information about any of our locations and service times, go to socc.org messages. Thanks for joining us. Continue to look to God this week as you maintain the upward vision.